me in through the handheld, didn't you? You guys are good. So if you didn't miss, or online you didn't miss anything, we're just praising God. So you did miss out, but we're just yelling out things that we wanted to give God glory for today. And, and you could be seated. Uh, don't you give God glory for the people he puts in our church? Man, last week, Jeremiah did a wonderful job in opening up the Advent, and this week, the Mahoney family did a, Mahoney family did a wonderful job opening up the service. See, if you say it every way, you get it right, right, Jeremy? And so, man, aren't they a blessing? Uh, God has truly blessed us, and, and we need to recognize that. Uh, the Advent season is recognizing who Jesus is and remembering what he's done for us. And we should be doing that every day, but, but it's a special time of year to remind ourselves. And uh, last week we opened up the Advent season with worship. And, and that's what God has put on my heart this month is to worship him. And, and we can do that in many ways. But last week we kicked out off the uh, slide two that God has called us to worship. 24-7, and, and, and that's part of the reason I kept having you guys continue shouting out what you're thankful for. Guys, you can do that tomorrow. You get out of bed, praise God, I woke up. Praise God, my wife's still with me. <laughs> a miracle, who said that? Man, I tell you, this is a rough crowd already today. But, have <laughs> you been talking to my wife? No, but, but worship is just total surrender to God. And then we talked about the third thing last week. True worship is confined to God. He deserves the, the ultimate worship of his people. And the best time to worship, all the time. And that's what we talked about last week. If you didn't have a chance to, to hear that, it's online. I challenge you to, to, to go watch that. And again, welcome those that are online and Welcome, Bob Ives. I see you there. But, but we're here to worship and to think about worship this month. And again, as we talked about last week, we're going to move into the next few weeks. Uh, slide uh, three, where it talks about that, that Jeremy, to be honest with you, Jeremy, uh, you preached my sermon in five minutes. So you're putting me under pressure here. But, but what he said was spot on. It was from the Lord, and the Lord wants us to get that. It's easy to be obedient to him, and that's our act of worship. It's easy to be obedient to him when things are going good. But when things aren't going good, we need to stay the course and be obedient in all things. But over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the wise man's spiritual act of worship, Mary's, the shepherds, and really all of them, they overlap. But, but I want to talk about something specifically to each one of them. And today, again, we're talking on obedience, and that's Joseph's spiritual act of worship. Uh, remember this, if you don't remember anything today, I believe the Holy Spirit told me these two things. But obedience to God will be, it is, your salvation. And when it hurts the most, steal the voices, continue to walk in obedience, find a scripture, and wait for the victory. It's yours. And so if you don't remember anything, remember that today. But I want to set up for the scripture we're going to be reading out of today, out of Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. But to set that up, 
Uh, in Bible times, Joseph and Mary were moving into an arranged marriage. And guys, these still happen today. Uh, contacted Altine and talked to him and Beta both actually and said, are you guys still doing arranged marriages in Albania? And believe it or not, he texts back, yes, we are. And it turns out to be the best because families study families and find out what is best and what is not for their child. They've had better marriages and longer marriages together than those the kids picked for themselves. Think about that. But, but here we are. That's where Moses, or Moses, where Joseph and Mary were at. They were arranged marriage, and I believe it was arranged by God, but, but also by their families. And then during this time, the, the bride would, and the parents, you know, they would consult, and, and they would bring the two together. A contract would be prepared in which the groom's parents paid a bride's price. Man, just think, we had to pay a bride's price, huh? But such a contract was immediately binding. There was a time between the actual, what we call marriage, and it was a, a short uh, time of testing, of fidelity, which would be the faithfulness, the loyalty, the support, with the couples having little, if any, contact with each other during that time. And really, that's what was going on today when we picked up in Matthew 118. Mary was off in this time. You know, they were already betrothed, already uh, set to be together. And she was off in her time and Joseph was off in his time. And that's where we are picking up the scripture. But Joseph became aware of Mary's pregnancy and this, no doubt, was a cause of anxiety and dismay. Matthew 1.19 tells us about it a little bit, and we'll read it here in a minute. But Jewish custom allowed that, that they be considered as a husband and wife, though the marriage had not yet been uh, consummated. They had the right, or Joseph had the right, when he found out she was pregnant, he had a right to terminate that marriage. The law permitted him, the Jewish law permitted him to be able to do that. And he was even thinking about putting her away quietly because he was a righteous man. But he chose not to. He chose to be obedient when things weren't going good, he thought. And so today was pick up the scripture in Matthew 1.18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, meaning she was pregnant. Verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. 
He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called him Jesus. So we're seeing through this time this, you know, and I'm going to have a couple come up here in a minute, and we're going to kind of act it out for you. But we see that during this difficult time for Joseph, that he remained obedient to the Holy Spirit. He remained obedient to what God had told him. But guys, there was three things that I call them doctrines. Uh, You can call them truth. You can call them teachings. But there's three things the Lord showed me in here that, that we need to hang on to as a church today and stand on today. And that's the virgin birth. And I'm going to use the fancy word on the next one because you'll hear this at college and you'll hear this at school. But the hypostatic union, which is Jesus fully God, fully man, the doctrine of regeneration. And those three things, that's what was spoke just in this scripture that we read today that, that Mo, or Joseph held on to these three things. And we need to hold on to these three things because they're the base of our salvation. I was talking to dad the other day. It, it gets difficult to get up and preach in front of you guys because you got, we got scholars in this room that know the word better than I do inside out. And then we got new babies in the room that know little bit or nothing. And I'm finding out at Carthage that there's people that have never read the Bible before and it's all new to them. And, and so this 30 short minutes or 45 that we have together I feel like I'm in a a military uh, uh, emergency room trying to patch up a bunch of people in 30 minutes, and it's impossible. But God just kept telling me to tell them the truth and let the Holy Spirit work in that. And these are three truths that we need to apply in our lives and and protect in our lives. Joseph and Mary gave up their lives, everything they had for these teachings and many more, of course. These three teachings are the foundation of our Christian belief. And as I've been talking to some of you, and one of them's really been talking to me about this, but, but guys, there's a warning out there to you. There is faith deconstructing going on, probably in people's lives in here. When, when things aren't going like we think they should be going, we, we can't figure out what to do we don't know what to do and we've done all we know to do and so we start deconstructing our faith and giving up on fundamental truths and trying to find other ways instead of just being obedient to what we do know and that's what the Holy Spirit has challenged me today for you so Father we ask that today that that Father that we continue to walk in obedience of your scripture, biblical obedience, Father, when we don't even understand it. Father, we know that we can call on you and ask for wisdom, and you'll gladly give it to us. So, Father, I ask for wisdom for each one of us in this room today as as we talk about your word, and, and, Father, that your word will meet every need here today, fully meet every need here today. And Father, we give you glory for that in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Landon Taylor, you guys want to come up here? I always like to hassle Landon. And 
and Taylor and me are buddies, so she lets me do it. But I'm going to use this for an example because sometimes I don't think that, that we really get what Mary and Joseph are going through. And, and anyway, it dawned on me, and, and Taylor didn't even know it, I don't think. But, but she's six months along, almost, in her pregnancy. So she's where Mary was. Your baby's due April 27th, is that correct? So we're close to not quite six months. And so we're going to pretend today this story that we just talked about and read in the scripture. It's not a story. The Lord told me to quit calling them stories because it's truth. The truth that we just talked about today. So we're going to pretend that Landon and Taylor are betrothed. Uh, I'm not even saying it right, but you're engaged. And, and this is a prearranged marriage. You know, Sean got with the, the Clements and the Clements got with Sean. And what did he pay you anyway? A lot of money. Did he pay a lot of money? <laughs> you need to pay her a lot more to put up with him. Believe me. It feels like a million dollars. <laughs> I'm going to give him a microphone so you can hear him. So. But, but, but think about that. <laughs> but I have some questions. I'm going to do an, inter an interview with him because I'm, you know, kind of the outsider looking in. So I asked Landon, what price did the Mayberry family pay for this Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonderful woman, and you said uh, one million three hundred seventy-five dollars. One million three hundred seventy-five dollars. Whew, that's a price worth every penny. <laughs> worth every penny. Good save. Good save. And now go with me here, but, but Taylor, are you a virgin? Yes. You're a virgin. Okay. But aren't you due April twenty-seventh? That's correct. These guys are looney tunes. <laughs> you paid a price for a guy you're not even married to, million three, and, and, and she's pregnant, and you're buying this story that she's still a virgin? Yep. Wacko nut. So who's the father of this baby? God is. See, I got you. Don't make sense. You're admitting she's pregnant, but God's a father and she's a virgin. And, uh, and both of you believe that? Yep. Why are you putting up with this? Why haven't you divorced her? You know, why? Because God told us to. So you're going to go through with this even... When you're not, are you comfortable with it? Sure. Wow. <laughs> He's psycho, is he not? Think about this. If my wife come home, just think about it. Anyhow, you guys are crazy and out of your minds, so just go sit down, okay? Perfect. Let's give them a hand today. So when we think about things that way, what's the world think about Joseph? You know, what's he going through? And that's when these truths that he hang on to or hung on to were so important. He had to hang on to the biblical truths the Holy Spirit gave him. 
And that's where we're going to start out. Slide 11.1 is God called him to be obedient to the virgin birth. And I'm going to read a, a, a commentary here. But the doctrine of the virgin birth teaches that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That is, when Mary conceived Jesus, she had never had sexual intercourse. Jesus' birth, therefore, was truly miraculous. We see slide 12, that Matthew 1, 23, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Luke 1, 27, a virgin betrothed, pledged to be to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And Mary said to the angel in Luke 1, 34, how will this be since I am a virgin? But Joseph knew her not and, and until she had given birth to a son, Matthew 1, 30. So we see that scriptures that he hung on to. And again, he didn't see the literal scriptures maybe that we see today. But guys, I'm going to get into in point two, that how Isaiah prophesied about these things. And so he did have the word, if you will, to a certain extent. But he had the Holy Spirit speaking to him. And guys, when you have the word and you have the Holy Spirit speaking to you, you can hang your hat on that even when it seems crazy. Two, obedience to the doctrine of hypostatic union. Meaning, again from a commentary, Jesus is not God's son in the sense of, of a human father and son. God did not get married and have a son. God did not mate with Mary and, and, and together, or together with her produce a son. Jesus is God's son in the sense that he is God made manifest in human form. You see, in the Old Testament prophecy, Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Again, fulfilled in Matthew 1, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So you can hang your hat on what God and the word and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. John 1, 1, 1, 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is God's Son in that he was conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. Luke 1.35, and the candle we lit today, and the angel answered them, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And again, as I was studying for this and, and thinking about this, this warning, faith deconstruction popped in. And John 10.10, 10, of course, the thief comes to seal, kill, and destroy. But, but I've seen over my lifetime in seminary how uh, professors would try to tell me those two things weren't truth. Think about that. Bible, college, professors. Seminary professors had told me that they were having trouble with the virgin birth, that they were having problem 
with the humanity or the sonship of Jesus Christ. And guys, without those two things, we have nothing to hang our hat on because Jesus was God without sin that went to the cross and paid for sin so that we could have sin no more in our life and walk boldly to the throne of God. You take those things out, we have no, 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 minute, no Christianity. We need to fight for those things. And this is going to seem piddly to you, but I was watching a Hercules movie. And I get into them old type movies there, and, 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 and this is a one that was on TV, so the crud was cut out. But, but the theme in that is you've seen a whatever come down and, and have, have, I don't know the right word, but sex with the girl or the, with his mother, and then she conceived Hercules later on. And, and I thought, boy, how the enemy is taking that. And that's something that the early church was dealing with. But how Hercules, you know, how the world has stolen something that was pure and beautiful and put their twist on it to make it ugly. And then I got to thinking, and so I looked it up, but do you realize that out of all the Marvel movies, and again, I watch a lot of them, but out of a lot of the Marvel movies, 16 of them are the son or daughter of God or Satan. So they take this same analogy, but they make it dirty. And they make it different, but it's similar. But guys, if we pump more, you know, the reason I say that is I know people that, that they love Marvel so much, they just run the movies over and over and over and over and over. If you put that in your life more than you do the Word of God, when you get in a tight place and you get in a pinch, you could wander off into some of that thinking. Why didn't Jesus come in here and kick Joe's tail? He's been giving me a hard time. Why didn't Jesus do what, you know, and we get confused, our kids get confused. But point three, we need to be obedient to these doctrines. And the third one is the doctrine of regeneration that, that Jesus came, God came in the flesh. You know, Mary was found to be with child, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph knew or not that came from God himself, came after us to live a life with us, to lead us without sin, to be that purest sacrifice. You know, that's another doctrine that we need to stand for. Christ was without sin. You guys have seen the movies that Christ was homosexual. You've seen the movies that Christ was, was having affairs with the, the Mary Magdalene, I believe. How the world does that? Well, if we believe Christ was a sinner, then we have nothing to hang our hat on. We got to fight for these doctrine. I'm going to say the word doctrine because that's what you'll hear spoke in college. These doctrines are nonsense in some colleges. But, but we need to stand on the regeneration fact that, that God came to save his people from their sins. Matthew 1.21, we read it today. Jesus came to save the people from their sins. 
Regeneration is a spiritual term, and it means reborn and restored to a better, higher place, a holy state of righteousness. You know, I just read that from Webster's Dictionary. You ought to go read it from other dictionaries. Webster puts in the real reason most dictionaries don't. Because they don't want to be involved with God's righteousness. They want to be progressive in their thinking. They're doing faith deconstruction. John 3.3 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, regeneration, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's why all three of these points were, man, we need to be thanking God, praising God for Joseph today, for his obedience. When you guys heard us, this example up here, to the world, that sounds crazy. To, the, to, to my mind, it sounds crazy sometimes, but, but when I experience the Holy Spirit moving, I don't, I don't have any trouble believing. We can be confident like Joseph was and Landon was this morning. I'm good with it because God's in control. You see, regeneration, slide 17, is, is a recreating of a spiritual life in the human heart. What did you read, say, quote this morning, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds? It's a recreating. Regeneration is necessary because prior to Christ, we were inherit natural sins. We just inherited the sin. We just inherited. Did you get that this morning? It, it just comes down through. Every baby inherits it. And they need to be regenerated. That's why we do the baby dedications. That's why we say, God, we're going to do our very best that that child will choose you. Someday they need regenerated. And, and, and you look at the babies over there, and they're so innocent. And they're so innocent. But they need regenerated, just like all humans do. Now go on with a quote, who are spiritually dead and incapable of obeying or pleasing God. That's why we need to be regenerated because we're incapable of obeying or pleasing God until we do. Then once you're saved, you're capable of obeying and pleasing God. If you're not saved today, that's a good reason to get saved because you'll never please God until you're saved. And then once you are, boom, because you can obey him. And you can please him. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I'm talking about directly with sin today. God loves everybody in here. God came after every one of you. God gave his son for every one of you. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And he's making a way possible to do that. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by the grace of as a gift through the redemption, the regeneration that is in Christ Jesus. So you're regenerated in a justification just as if you'd never sinned and then walking in sanctification. Slide 18, regeneration comes to those who repent of sin, turn to God and put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess and believe with your heart, you're saved. It's that simple. For where the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. 
Regeneration involves a transition from an old life of sin to a new life of, of loving obedience to Jesus Christ. And the reason I put this in here because of this, I get fired up and I get talking too fast. But this deconstruction, destructing faith that's going on, man, there's a lot of Christians that are walking away from holiness and are justifying it. This scripture here today, regeneration involves a transition from an old life of sin to a new life of loving obedience to Christ, meaning we want to, we love being obedient to him. We love being obedient to his word. That's why we leave things behind, not because we have to, because we want to. John 1, 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Again, praise God for Joseph. But I wrap up today. If you didn't remind, remember anything about the sermon today, that, that Joseph was obedient when it hurt the most. And, and a lot of you could say, well, Landon didn't look like he was hurting today. I guarantee you, Joseph went through some hurt. And he, while he was working through this, he went through some pain. And probably unbelievable pain. So when it hurts the most, Joseph stilled the voices and continued to walk in obedience the scripture or word that the Lord had said to him. And he waited for the victory because it was coming. Joseph probably didn't see the results of Jesus. He probably got little nippets here and there. When the shepherds came, when the wise men came, when, when different people came, he probably got some enlightenment, but he never probably ever knew the totality of what Christ did, what he did for being obedient. Joseph himself, what he did for being obedient. But I think because of these snippets, and John 10, 10 says that he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but when we take captive our thoughts, we're reminded that Jesus came that we have life and have it more abundantly. So G Joseph walked in boldness, walked in authority because he was obedient, meaning he believed the words of the angel. That's the only way he got through it. When he was getting attacked by people, all he could hang his hat on was the words of the angel spoken to him, the word of God. That's what he hung his hat on. That's what quieted the voice of the enemy. We see in the verse today, he had a mind to divorce her. You see that war going on in his mind? All the hurt, the pain, the war going on in his mind. He had a mind to divorce her. He had every right to. And we would have probably said, go ahead, you have the right to. I don't know how you do it. You know, he probably could even have resented God. You know, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Get allow, because I don't believe God does anything purposely to hurt us, but he allows things, but he could have thought that. Man, I'm a just, morally right man. 
You know, I've used that before. In the last month, God, I've done the best I know how to do. I think I'm a righteous man. What's the deal? But he had to quiet those voices and be obedient to the word of God. He had the authority of the Jewish law, but he embraced the authority of God. And that's what we need to do. We have the authority to go other things, find other answers. We have that freedom. But we have the authority to embrace the things of God. And when we do, we're going to see a magnificent move of God throughout our lives. At different times, you know, there'll be times we're down and things are, you know. But in the end, we're going to be glad. You see, the Holy Spirit would open doors up for Joseph and Mary. Great moves of God. Man, just think, Joseph was blessed to raise the Son of God. Think about that. God chose him. You see how we get away from stinking thinking to God thinking? Instead of blaming God, thinking, God, praise God that you're using me to raise your son. Joseph and Mary would have never gotten through this without being firmly established through obedience to the word of God. Authority comes from submitting to God and his word. So Oakton, when it hurts the most, steal the voices, continue to walk in obedience, find a scripture, a biblical solid scripture, and wait for the victory that's coming. Like Joseph and Mary, we must believe in certain fundamental truths like the virgin birth, the hypostatic uh, uh, belief, and the regeneration, the justification, sanctification, the Jesus without sin. We can go on and on and on. And we need to teach these more. And I was talking to Joel the other day. We need to, uh, we can't do what we need to do in 30 minutes. You guys need more than 30 minutes of this a week. Your personal time is important, but, but guys, you need to be in a Bible study. You need to be in a care team. You need to be planted in. Uh, the Lord really hit me this week, and I don't mean this bad, but, but most of us probably don't even think about Oakton most of the week. And I, you say, well, why does that matter? Because Oakton is how, where we meet to, to go to God. Oakton represents Jesus, and that's just where you go to church. And we need to come together and be lifted up. Joe started care teams to oversee him and help him, and he feels such a part of him now, he don't want to ever turn loose of it. He said, I need that. We all need each other. Slide 20, aren't you... Isn't it awesome? The Lamar Tigers, what they did yesterday. Man, that is so awesome. You know, I was thinking, you know, over the last few years, they've won nine um, championship games. And I thought this one here was probably the sweetest one. 
But you know what? I think the first one was the sweetest one. But, but as I watch clips from that, their motto was never back down, never give up. They were down 21 nothing towards the end of the first quarter, if not the whole first quarter. Think about that. Most people wouldn't recover from that. Other than the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> we did it. 42 points, I think, or 38. But man, they, kind of, they didn't quit. And they won 35-28 in overtime. What a story. If you don't know the truth, I got to admit and confess, I turned it off. I've I, I turned it off. And I was so disappointed I didn't watch it through or follow it through. I wasn't watching. I was just listening through different things. When it hurt the most, think about that. Everything they worked for was on the line. They stilled the voice of defeat and were obedient to what coach taught them. The plays, the, the strategies, the playbook, whatever, they are obedient and they won the championship. I'm trying to give you ideas to show you what I'm talking about as believers we need to do. Because, guys, we win in the end. It's a done deal. We win. I thought before the game yesterday I had disaffiliating, disaffiliating from the MC. Man, that was a, a stand of obedience, guys. Man, we felt the birth pains of this for, I put three plus years, but, but dad, I'd say 18 years you and I've dealt with it. 20 years, 30 years in his case, but, but when it hurts the most, we, you, still the voices and continue to be obedient to God's word and God has shown up and has given us victories. Now over these past few years, you know, it, it was different times like the, the buyout and the building payoff. When, when we first heard that, saw that, that hurt. I'm like, God, how can I go to the church and, and say this? They're going to tar and feather me. Almost a million dollars that we had to come up with in a couple years. God, are you crazy? When it hurts the most, we need to step in. And be obedient to God's word. And he shows up. We stilled the voices. You stilled the voices. And you continue to obey. And, it, and we were victorious. Another one that was painful for me is the, the drop in numbers that we were having in the last few years. And you say, you're on numbers, it's souls, guys. And I'll fight you on that to my death. I keep track of numbers because they're souls. And you're important to me and you're valuable, too valuable probably to me because I wear it too much. I care too much about what you think and I need to not do that sometimes. But when it hurt the most, when people were leaving instead of standing with us, 
It was hard to steal the voices, but, but we, we did. We were obedient. And guys, if we continue on, last two Sundays ago weren't good Sundays as far as a full house. But we're going to set new records this year. And again, they're souls. Your health is more, spiritual health is more important to me than anything. So what about our personal lives today? When it hurts the most, still the voices continue to walk in obedience. When I say find a scripture, I don't mean just draw one out of a hat because you need to make sure they're sound. That's how people are, are, uh, are destructing their belief. They take one scripture and make it believe what they want. I'm talking about solid scriptural truths. Stand on them and wait for the victory. It's coming. Marriage, do you have the mind to divorce your wife today or husband? When it hurts the most, still those voices. Be biblical in your obedience. The victory is yours. Health. You know, I went around and, and, and there's some people back that's been in the hospital today. And, but when we're hurting and health is an issue, we got to steal the voices. I was listening to one of you praying today, and that's what you were saying. You didn't come out and say, steal the voices. But you were saying that in the way you applied the, the word to them. And you spoke truth into them. And man, I even heard one go, woohoo! Because they felt the presence of God. The victory. By his stripes, you were healed. Well, how do you explain your brother? I don't know why God does the things he does, but I know my brother received the ultimate healing, eternal life. So he did receive healing. Deadlines. I hear it all the time. I can't come, Pastor. We got deadlines. We got commitments. When it hurts the most, steal the voices. And continue to walk in obedience, biblical obedience, and wait for the victory. It's coming. Sin. I just can't stop drinking, drugging, sexual immorality. I can't forgive this jerk when it hurts the most. When you can't say it, say it. Still the voices, be scripturally obedient, the victory is yours. And it may be like Joseph. I'm not sure Joseph ever really totally understand it, understood it. But he could see God meeting his need. Did you guys realize when they went to Egypt? Think about that. God, you did all this to me. Now we got to flee to Egypt because you're going to kill your son, or they're going to kill your son. Do you realize that they lived off the money the wise men gave them for two or three years? God sustained them through the giving of the wise man. 
I believe Joseph had his doubts, but I believe he took a biblical authority. I'm really going to get fun now. Now I'm going to wrap it up here. But the Lord reminded me of something today that, that I do a lot. And, and do not take this wrong today. I'm not sharing this to be a super spiritual or to be a condemning person. But I was pleading the blood over stuff. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, hey, you don't need to do that no more. The blood's already been applied. You just need to walk in the authority. And I'm not digging people to say, I pray. You've heard me pray. I plead the blood over so-and-so. It's a remembrance of the blood that applied the, the, the washing of sins and all the things that God has done for us. But it's a reminder he's already taken care of it. And we need to just walk in that authority today. And again, I'm not, not, you're going to hear me say that again. But rather than pleading the blood over something of Christ's protection or power, what about just obeying the command in James 4, 7? Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Meaning, I'm not, don't run out of here saying, Kent said the blood doesn't matter. Yeah, that's why it all matters because of the blood. I'm just saying it's been applied already. We need to walk in the authority of it. You see, Jesus is able to save us to the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7.25, uttermost, to the most extreme Nothing is too big for the intercessor, Jesus Christ. You guys get that today? His sheep, those born again, are under his protection. And we simply need to live day by day trusting in him for what he has already promised and provided for us. So praise team, you know, come on up. And again, don't take what I just said totally crazy. I believe in the blood and the, and the sacrifice and what it's done. I'm just saying take the authority. Take the authority that the blood is provided. And when it hurts the most, we steal the voices of the enemy and be obedient to God. The godly man I met with this week said people are falling away from the true faith and de deconstructing their beliefs. The triggering event seems to be personal pain or loss or with someone they knew. In other words, we start deconstructing when we feel the pain. And when we're believing we didn't want to go to the ER and we went to the ER, and we begin to destruct, construct our faith. God, why did you heal me? I had to go to the ER. No, just stand in obedience. Just stand in obedience to what God has told you to do. When you don't understand, pray for wisdom and stand on the, the scripture that he's going to give you joyfully all the wisdom that you need 
to accomplish what he's called you to do. You see, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So like Joseph and Mary, we're going to see over the next few weeks, your obedience to God will be your salvation. When you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, being obedient to that is your salvation. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you need to do that. If you're online watching and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you need to do that. That's your salvation. But the first act of obedience after that, the act is water baptism. We're doing a water baptism a reminder of the outward things that happened inside, the removal of sin, the new man, new, new woman that's been regenerated, justified, and sanctified. We're going to be celebrating that at the end of the month if you haven't been water baptized. And then I believe that baptism of the Holy Spirit and keeping that fresh and alive in you is so important. Be obedient to those basic things. And then dig into the scripture. Dig into that scripture. Man, dig. Dig, dig, dig. Pray and apply. So what hurts you the most today? Bring it to Jesus. Allow him to steal the voices in your mind. He's going to show you scripture or speak words to you to hang on. Last week, when I got done preaching and I went down here, you wouldn't believe the conversation I was having with God. And I praise God for loyal people. You couldn't have known what I was thinking about. Come up and spoke over me what I needed to hear. That's why we need to be here. That's why we need to be in small groups. That's why we need to put ourselves around other people that can speak life into us. But what's hurting you the most today? Bring it to Jesus. Let's steal them voices. What's the enemy speaking over you that you're buying into that's affecting your faith? We'll steal the voices with God's word. Amen? Let's be like Joseph and Mary. You saw the reality of it all. But they hung. They put their hat on. The word spoken to them. And so can you. You have that authority. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he has to flee. Okay? Stand to your feet. Father, your word's been spoken. Father, I ask that you move your people today. Father, that you're going to speak life into the people that reach out to you today. In Jesus' name. These altars are open. What hurts the most today?